And welcome to the funky Nashy Cast. <laughs> this is episode Freewheeling. Freewheeling. Free oh, the Freewheeling Nashy Cast. This is episode twelve point five. As we fight against everything possible to stave off the eventual lucky episode thirteen. <laughs> I am Rod Marnett. I'm Troy Gwynn. And we are here as again. It's been, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. For a point five episode, it has. Uh, we we've decided to start doing as we told you in the uh, Panic Beats episode in t- episode twelve. We're going to start doing more frequent point five episodes, uh, with the idea that uh, there's just all kinds of different things that we don't have time to talk about in the regular podcasts. Mm-hmm. That stretch the length of the podcast to the breaking point. We, yeah. we, I always, I always feel really guilty when they go over two hours, mm-hmm. uh, even if they only creep over. Because I've slapped a longer piece of music at the end of it or something, <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I I do like to keep the the podcast under two hours, and so these occasional point five episodes are going to be a way for us to get uh, get to your mail, talk a little bit about our responses to the mail that we're getting about the podcast, and uh, also address uh, subjects related to the podcast, but not necessarily directly addressing a specific Nashy film. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, we're uh, we're finding that our listeners just like Depeche Mode just can't get enough. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I wish I could sing. If my voice sounds strange, let me apologize because my lord, I think I got, I think I got like a slightly deeper voice here lately. Well, at least I did this afternoon because I was sounded, I was sounding all bare white. Yeah, I was sounding good. Is that cold or sinuses or what? It's, it's, uh, it's sinus drainage. It is yeah. a glorious and wonderful thing. I wish it were an actual illness so I could feel pathetic about it. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's not at all. It's just. Yeah, just, it's, but it's something that uh, most Tennesseans know, and that's oh, like yeah. I know what it's know what it is. It's, well, the thing is, it, you, you've got the naturally deep, resonant voice, <laughs> and every time I listen back to one of our shows, I always think to myself, "Wow, that Troy sounds like a macho." <laughs> and then I listen to myself, and I go, "I sound like a whiny little bitch." <laughs> what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> That's a, the one the one benefit of, of getting a cold for me is when it settles down the chest and my voice gets even raspier is then I can really channel Tom Waits big time. Do, uh, I'm gonna have to release some recordings of singing Tom Waits songs when I'm on my post. Dogs of the dog. <laughs> um, well, nevertheless, this being a point five episode, we should we should address what we're gonna talk about here. We're just gonna briefly take this opportunity now that we've completed the first year of Nashy Casts to. Take a look back. Uh, We'll probably do this at the end of the second year as well, which will mean it'll be a slightly longer episode. But we're going to look back at the first 12 films that we covered and uh, talk a little bit about uh, how we would rank them from 12 Mm -hmm. to 1 Mm -hmm. as far as uh, quality or just 
personal likes. I mean, this is this is all about personal opinions and and, right. and lo- love of the films and where you would rank them in relations to one another. And what we're going to do is we're going to run through that mm-hmm. and uh, kind of go twelve to one, talking about uh, how over this year, having paid so much attention and gone into so much depth over these films for twelve months, what has occurred to us, if any, if any different kinds of insights have occurred to us, have occurred to us at all as we've gone through these things, and how maybe watching them this way has enhanced or detracted from them in one way or another. So this is really just kind of a, a look back at the first year of the podcast at those 12 movies. Uh, we're going to rank them in relation to one another and talk a little bit more about them. We're not going to go into too much depth, I hope, because, wow, then this podcast will get out of control and it's supposed to be a .5 episode. <laughs> and then uh, later on, we're going to also uh, we're gonna delve into a lot of the, well, at least some of the email. I don't think we can cover it all. But some of the email we've been getting... And it's been really interesting interacting, talking back and forth with some of the folks who've written us. Some neat ideas there, some that we're going to specifically address as, as, <laughs> as the cats start fighting on the bed. It's yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, flex. flex uh. My cats, Flex and Raven, are uh, enacting the latest werewolf fight for us there on the, on, on the bed as we, as we well, speak. And, 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 and now they're bathing each other. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's kiss and bite. It's, it's very strange. Anyway. Uh, the, 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 with the cats distracting me out of the corner of my eye. We will be uh, getting to the email at the end of the episode and uh, also talking about, uh, well, some ideas that kind of get brought up in some of those emails. So, this is uh, NashiCast 12.5, and uh, in just a second here, we'll get to ranking these movies. Wow, these cats are really going crazy here. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Woo! Alrighty now, uh, let's start with uh, looking back at the 12 films we've covered already for mm-hmm. NashiCast. Mm-hmm. Let's start with number 12. We'll, we'll start at the bottom and head our way to the top. Uh, number 12 I don't think is going to be any shock. I don't think that's, <laughs> I think we can probably guess what our number 12 is going to be. Number 12 would be Crimson. Yes, a.k.a. the man with the severed head. Okay, so uh, both of us chose Crimson as number 12. Uh, not a big shock there. Now, uh, I, I'm also... I've also included here what uh, I would rate each film on a 1 to 10 scale. Okay. Uh, because in some cases it's changed a little bit as we've gone over it. Makes sense. Uh, Crimson for me is still a 3 out of 10 because mm-hmm. I think it's pretty crappy. It's not a completely awful film. It's mm-hmm. not one that uh, when you look back on it, uh, it there, there's, there are a couple of good things in it. It's not a total disaster, but it's not good. Right. So, yeah. um, What's my 12 too? And, and some of us say too before we go to the rest of the list here is that the I will say this is you know one of the things that made this hard is is outside of the man with severed head. I mean, I don't think that we've done any film that we just ab- abject you know really didn't like just just came no, out and, and no. so I would have to I want to point out that even my eleventh film on this would be something that I could easily watch 
again. Oh, I could, yeah, my, exactly. Yeah, so, I so could I, I think I think I think Crimson is the only one that 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 I really just would really prefer not to watch again. And like I said, it's had its defenders. We've had a couple of people tell us they thought. We were I know a, that's what's a really hard on me. it, but. Uh, we, we, yeah, I know. We had a couple of emailers tell us that they, they, they thought we were a little hard on Crimson. I'm like, no, we didn't beat it with a stick. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what I wanted to do, too. <laughs> What's your number 11? My number 11 is actually uh, Count Dracula's Great Love. Uh, I, I have to say that the reason it's number 11, the reason it's that far down on the list, mm-hmm. is uh, if you listen to our episode on that show, we were really shocked at revisiting that film and discovering it's just a mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is really almost equal parts good and bad. It is so convoluted and screwed up that it becomes almost impossible to really enjoy it as a whole because you are constantly yanked out of it mm. by the incongruous elements. Mm. It is, uh, of course, we've we've since since we since we went back and watched it, we have learned uh, why a lot of that came about. Yeah, well, was, yeah uh, that's true. The, that's the, true. The, the filming the filming was stopped, and they had to come back months later and finish it and things like right. that. But right. it's just as a finished product. It's a mess of a film. Um, mm. I, I really struggled when we initially reviewed it. I, I, I wanted to, I wanted so hard to like it more than it really deserves. I, I gave it a 6 out of 10, but I'll be honest, it really is not better than a 5 out of 10. It is actually, in a lot of ways, a perfect 5. Mm-hmm. Because there's good stuff, and there's bad stuff, and it kind of balances out in the, in the, in the end. Mm-hmm. As, a Nashie, as a Nashie fan, I think you kind of need to see it, because the good stuff is really impressive. Mm-hmm. But... It is unfortunately one that I I, I can't uh, I can't rank higher than number eleven out of these first twelve that we watched. Well, like I said, this one was a tough one for me, but my number eleven is not of the Howling Beast. Okay, I um you know once again a film I enjoyed. I I, I think it's neat that it it does have that kind of uh, pulpy serialish kind of feel to it that yeah. isn't any you know so it's a different feel from any of the other Daninsky films. I don't think that visually or script-wise, you know, directorially or anything, it just doesn't have enough of a flair to stick, you know, that really stuck with me, you know, as far as, like, to maybe just really want to stick it out and see it again. You know, I didn't think it was, you know, it wasn't badly scripted or badly directed, but I just didn't feel that it was as interesting to me as as the other films that we've that we've seen. Um, I thought the whole, you know, Yeti bookend thing there was really, I mean, yeah. Yeti's kind of a shoddy-looking creature. I can um, agree, I can but, agree there, yeah. you know, the film definitely has some 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 fun elements. I mean, like I said, I, I'd have no problem with watching it again, but it made my number 11. Okay. Uh, number 10. My number 10 is uh, Mark of the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. His first horror film, his first uh, mm-hmm. Valdemar Daninsky film. Mm-hmm. This is where you get to... We, we, we did it as our first episode, right. uh, also known as Frankenstein's Bloody Terror, of course. Mm-hmm. I give this film a six out of ten. I gave it a six out of ten then, and I still feel it's a six out of ten. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's one that I enjoy. I'll, I, as I said at the time, I think that it shows that it's one of his first movies. It is actually his first movie, mm-hmm. and it shows very clearly what was to come. You can see where he was going to go. You can see what the pop the potential was where he could mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And I think you know much better work came later on in his career. I still like the film. I still think it's good. It's still one that I, I yeah. do recommend. Yeah, but uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good one, but not a great one. And that's yeah. just the way I put it. Um, All right. My number ten was Count Dracula's Great Love, and uh, I feel yeah. about like yeah. you, like you said about it. Um, I I um I love you know I love the so much of the visual visuals in the film. You know I love so much of how much of it is gorgeous to look at, but script wise, it is just you know it is definitely a mess. It's a mess. You know, so. Okay, so what's your? I tell you what, let's let's switch it up. What's your number nine? My number nine was Mark of the Wolfman. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, 
Not, not much of a change. Yeah, yeah, it. we're close to yeah, close on that one. Uh, once you know, I think it's I, I think it's a gorgeous film in places. Just the the way it was filmed in the seventy millimeter, within a lot that they filmed it for that three D. So the way the sets, you know, the way the I uh, love the colors. The colors are wonderful. Uh, but uh, yeah, parts of it is kind of slow, and and it definitely you know it's it's elements that are later played better in his later films, and 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 overall, I, yeah, I definitely uh, don't find it as interesting as some of the other Daninsky films we've seen. But it's you know again one I'd recommend. It certainly was a great starting point. I have a soft spot for it because. You know, when I stumbled across it on TV and watched, saw the last 30 minutes of it, and just that was my first time <laughs> to see. That was my first, you know, sight of any kind of Paul Nashy film, so I held a place in my heart for it for that. But, yeah, as a film itself, it's it's not one that I would watch as much as a lot of the others we've seen. Oh, your number That was your number nine? Yes, yes, good. My number nine is uh, Howl of the Devil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I said when we did this, uh, Howl of the Devil is still the only uh, regular episode we've done where we went out of our way to not spoil the movie because it is so hard to come by and it's right. very difficult to, it's very difficult for people to get their hands on it. Uh, 19, you know, 1988, as I said at the time, I think how the devil is an essential Nashi mm-hmm. film without mm-hmm. being a particularly good Nashi film. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, the reason I put it above Mark of the Wolfman, mm-hmm. you know, marginally better than Mark of the Wolfman is that there's a lot more going on in it. Yeah. But then again, sometimes that lot more going on in it is also detrimental. But uh, I do like How the Devil. I just don't think it's... A lot of people, and this is interesting, um, I've done a little reading here in the past couple of months. There are a lot of people who hold up How the Devil as one of his best. Hmm. And I can't say that. Um, hmm. uh, I, I do like the movie. Uh, I, I, I get a kick out of it. I've watched it more than once. It's just that I don't think it is in his upper tier by any stretch of the imagination. It's got too many. It's got too many downsides. No, my number eight is How the Devil. Um, oh. So we're very close on that. Very close um, there, and yeah. I agree with everything you said. Um, you know, some of the films I marked below it. Uh, I, I marked the Wolfman, Count Dracula, Night of the Howling Beast. I would even say are probably technically maybe a little, possibly even a little better. You know, in some ways. But uh, but I think How the Devil just has so many. It's such a howl of pain from you know. It's such a cry yeah. of pain from yeah. Nashi himself, and it's such a personal film. Uh, that that does kind of lift it, I think, above some of its uh, technical shortcomings, uh, I believe. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. Okay, my number eight is uh, Panic Beats, hmm. actually. Okay. Uh, I uh, I like Panic, Be- Panic Beats quite a lot. Uh, I don't think it's his best 80s film, mm-hmm. but I do think it is a very good movie. Uh, having just recently gone back through it just for you know the last podcast, it uh, it was nice to, to revisit it and realize, wow, this is as strong as I remember it. Yeah. Um, not it, not not without its flaws, right. but uh, I think you could say that about any of these movies. But its flaws are more than offset, in my opinion, by its strengths. I mm-hmm. like Panic Beats a lot. Mm-hmm. It really did feel like uh, a little like like he was playing a little bit of uh, mm-hmm. uh, some of my old ideas, mm-hmm. some new ideas, some ideas mm-hmm. from some of my favorite Gothic tales, and kind of yeah. mixing them up and tossing yeah. them around and making something new out of yeah, it. Agreed. Agreed. So that was your number eight. That's my number eight. Okay, my number seven, and don't punch me, is Vengeance of the Mummy. Oh, um, okay. I, 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 I suspect you probably got it ranked higher. You are higher. dead to me now. <laughs> I suspect I suspect you got it ranked higher, but I did really enjoy Vengeance of the Mummy. I think, like I said, I will agree that next to Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing's The Mummy, I do think yeah. it's the second best mummy film. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it really was just a case of the ones I ranked before it, I just enjoyed more. I really can't find a whole lot of negatives to say about Vengeance of the Mummy. You know, I mean, it's, I, I did enjoy the film, but I just enjoyed uh, one through six a little more. So, but uh, I can understand yeah. that because I think once, you, once we get to about six or seven, it gets, it's, it's, really it's splitting hairs on how much I like much so. it versus how much I like the next one in the list. I agree. Uh, Vengeance of the Mummy is a great film. I love it, too. That's, uh, 
My number seven is Inquisition. Okay. Ever since uh, getting that bootleg of it years ago, I've been impressed mm-hmm. by Inquisition, mm-hmm. uh, Nashi's first uh, film as director. It's it's just a really strong movie. I, I can't find much bad to say about it. I think we covered it in such detail on that podcast. I just I really like it a lot. I, I think it's a strong movie. It's uh, the, I wish he'd made uh, I wish he'd made two or three more movies in that same time set in that same time period. Just even if he's reusing the same damn costumes, yeah. I don't care because yeah. I really like the the feel he had for that time period and the story itself really stands up. Mm-hmm. I, I I like Inquisition a lot, and I'd like to point out at this at this juncture that. I didn't mean to do this, but it did. It did work out that for some reason, I the the three films that we've covered that Nashi directed, I grouped as nine, eight, and seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. All the Devil, Makes Panic sense. Beats, and Inquisition at seven are, are the three that we've done that he directed. And okay. so I wasn't thinking of that when I when I put the list together. But then <laughs> afterwards, I wanted to, I wanted to make notes about which, who directed what film, and I realized, holy crap, I put all his in the in the yeah, in the, in the dead did. center there. So interesting. Okay. okay. So what's your number six? MS6 is Inquisition. Ah, okay. Yeah, Inquisition's quite good. Uh, I just, uh, I love the fact that uh, he uh, holds back, that he opted to tell, well, first of all, I think it's a very impressive directorial debut, debut, and I I really like the fact that he opted to tell a straightforward story without supernatural, without any supernatural elements. You know, he holds it back enough that you don't know if those elements are going to be introduced at some point. You know, it sets up the story where it could be, but he he never does. You know, he keeps it to be all about That's one of my favorite elements about that film. He really nails, and I think he really nails probably a lot of just the the unhappiness and the mania that was going on at that time and what drove people to do the things that they they did. And it's just got some great characters in there. Uh, A lot of, a lot of, uh, Lots of not not black and white characters, lots of grays in there, you yeah. know, and, and that's a that's a really nice thing. So, yeah, I I, I can see, I can see where you're coming from. I, I like the movie quite a bit. Now, what you take to see? So, yeah. So, what's number my six. number six? Yes, my, yes. my number six is uh, Night of the Howling Beast. Okay, I do have it up higher than you, of course. Mm-hmm. It being well, Night of the Howling Beast was the first Paul Nashy film right. I ever saw, so it sure. kind of it kind of holds a very special place in my heart for for that reason, but also. I have a, a real soft spot for a lot of the things he's playing with in it. I agree with you that the mm-hmm. Yeti bookends in the mm-hmm. film are the weakest elements of it and mm-hmm. really feel like they were somehow producer mandated. It's like, let's have a film mm-hmm. called Werewolf versus the Yeti. Let's be able to let's use the, you know, that's, <laughs> exactly. that's our way to promote this sucker, you know, <laughs> yeah. because no, nothing, nothing screams tacked on more than those scenes in the movie. It really does. But the rest of the film. I agree with you. It's it's not uh, it's it's far from being the the best Daninsky mm-hmm. film, mm-hmm. but uh, the the Republic serials are something that I really love, and it really does have a lot of that feel. I I like the setting. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a good Daninsky film. I understand why you would rate it lower, but mm-hmm. it's maybe maybe it's just because it was the first first one I ever saw. But I mm-hmm. still really really enjoy that movie. Mm-hmm. It's, well, it's, I, it's one I would I give a seven out of ten. I really like it. I do. And also, you've watched a lot more of these serials, and and, and you've also read a lot more of the pulps than me. And true, so it's possible true. that that whole kind of feel that we gave to it might have might have appealed to you even more just because of how much more you've delved into. It's that. true. I, I I've watched probably way too damn many of the old <laughs> serials and. Uh, Matter of fact, I just finished watching the first Superman serial all the way through, mm-hmm. and I just there's something about the rhythms of those, and mm-hmm. there's something about the uh, the desire to delve into the pulpy story elements of those of those kinds of tales, mm-hmm. and uh, really it shows up in Night of the Howling Beast. It does it doesn't always show up in in, in any of his other films, mm-hmm. so it's it's nice to have that that influence pop up at least this one good time. So. Sure, what you uh, take over number five? Uh, number five. Um, 
My number five is actually Werewolf Shadow. Okay. Another seven, and uh, just I, I I love that movie. Uh, mm. There's there are a lot of people who who hold up Werewolf Shadow as one of his best, and I would have to agree with him. I do think it is yeah. one of his best. I yeah. think it's one of the best of the Daninsky films. Yeah. Uh, there are so many elements in it that are just iconic now. Mm. The whole yeah. the there are so many images. It's such a beautifully creepy film. It's so so curiously well directed. Mm. Klamowski did some really nice stuff mm. in that movie. I, I like the structure of it. I like the way I like the way it moves. I just really like Werewolf Shadow. That's my number five. And it has Pierre in it. You know, enough said. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yes, of course. Anytime you get Pierre, yeah, yeah. talking smack about just everything in the world. Uh, well, my number five was Werewolf Shadow. Oh wow! Really? Exactly we finally, that, huh? we finally coordinated. We, we did. We, we nailed on that. Woo, one, so, all right, yeah. number five. People, bear it down. Write it. Yeah, Carve it in yeah, stone. I think we're directly in. Uh, yeah, I can't say much more. I think we're directly, obviously, directly in line on that one. Okay. So. Okay. Good. That that that's interesting because um, we we both really like that film. We put it in five. I understand. So, uh, what's your number four then? Doctor Jekyll versus the Wolfman was my number four. Holy crap! So is mine. Is it? Yeah, okay. number four. Doctor Jekyll and the Wolfman. <laughs> Two Klamowski films back well, to back. I think oh. we just, I think we, you know, uh, other than a couple of missed opportunities in the film, I think we felt like he really pulled all the elements together in oh, that yeah. one. You know, uh, it's just, solid. Yeah, just love the whole whole way that it doesn't uh, play with doesn't. You know, that basically you see the title and you think Doctor Jekyll is going to be fighting. Okay, he's going to be fighting Mister Hyde or something. No, nope. I mean you think Wolfman's going to be fighting Mister Hyde. It's not the way it happens. It's a no. totally. It's it totally. You know, it, it keeps the unexpected coming at you. It's a neat twist on the story and uh, very well done. So, uh, yeah, really enjoy that movie a lot. I, I, I don't think I'll ever get over my surprise at, from when I first saw the movie years ago on, on Sinister Cinema videotape. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever get over the just shock and surprise of mm-hmm. how well done the damn movie is. <laughs> because it has, with that title alone, I mean, it's pretty much, you know, come on, this is going to be cheesy, crappy, and then... It's like, well, no, he's holding it together. He's holding it together. He's holding it. Holy shit, he's holding it together for 90 minutes. How many minutes is this? Well, it, it looks to me like uh, it looks to me like we're 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 only going to have one film different in our top three, and probably I know, so. And I know what I know what yours is going to be. I know what mine is. Uh, mine is obviously Panic Beats. Uh, yeah, your, your number my, three is my Panic number three Beats. Is Panic Beats. Okay. And, uh, I did. I just I love the I love the nastiness of the film. The uh, you know the characters uh, once again the the way he. Uh, holds back the cards as far as you know how much is supernatural, how much is like human elements. You know the the references to the the nods to the Hitchcock films and just the unpredictableness of the characters. You know, it just uh, kind of how they they kind of uh, just when you think one person is the sleaziest, the next person kind of outsleazes <laughs> them. You know, it's just it's a big sleaze fest and it's a lot of ideas. That's true. I think it's a lot of fun with the script. It's 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 a I think it's a really fun movie. Yeah, Panic Beach is great, uh, but my number three mm. is actually uh, Blue Eyes, the Broken Doll. Cool. Just a great Spanish giallo. I mean, mm-hmm. it is. It has one flaw and one flaw only, and that's the crappy music. Yeah, we talked mm-hmm. a lot about that during mm-hmm. the bro- during the the podcast. Uh, I think Blue Eyes is just an excellent movie. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, House of Psychotic Women, Blue Eyes, The Broken Doll, whatever you want to call it, it is a great little mystery. Yeah, it is. Um, really interesting cast, full of you know the standard beautiful women in most Nashy films, and it's twisty turny. There's I'm still stunned, as we talked about in the podcast, at how I've seen that movie, I don't know how many times now, and if I wait long enough, I forget that it has mm-hmm. two tri- twists at the end. I yeah. remember one and forget the other, yeah. and I'm always kind of like, oh yeah, holy crap, oh, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just really like Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll. I think it's great. It's my number three. Cool. 
Um, well, my number two, uh, that's where we're at, right? right. Yeah. My, well, no, no, no. Your, your, your number three is, yes, yes, that's right. We're at number two. Um, my number two is Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, terrific movie. Terrific Jallo. And uh, yeah, I've just, I, I, you know, had seen it years and years ago when I'd rented it on videotape and, and, and then seen it. Remembered it as being really strong and it totally lived up to my memories of it and uh, did, did not weaken with the successive viewings as we were getting ready for a podcast on it. It was just uh, strong every time. It's a hell of a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is uh, Vengeance of the Mummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love mummies. I know. I love mummy movies. You would sleep in a, in a sarcophagus. I would sleep in could. a sarcophagus. I would have scarabs crawling over my body and eating parts <laughs> of my flesh. But nevertheless, Vengeance of the Mummy. Let's not talk about my weekend habits. This mm-hmm. is Vengeance of the Mummy, and uh, it's my number two. Would you have your toolbox removed, though, you know, because that was part <laughs> of it as well, apparently. You know? No, 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 so. no. I, I do not wish to have any part of it. No, 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 no. no. Uh, I'm as Egyptian right now in my having your brains pull out through your nose you could deal with that I could deal with that not the toolbox don't touch the family jewels there (laughs) we need to leave what little I got (laughs) in its place Uh, it's so my number two is Vengeance of the Mummy I just I I love it it's one of my it's my second favorite mummy movie of all time Mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic and uh, man I just Mm -hmm. it's one that I get tempted to go back and rewatch. I, I have mm-hmm. since we since we did the podcast on that film. I've gone back and watched sections of it again, mm-hmm. just marveling at how well they do everything mm-hmm. in it. It just really surprises me each time I watch it. Mm-hmm. So I, I love Vengeance the Mummy. So. Well, guess what? We're number one, and I think we both know what our number one is. I do believe so. What would that be? Number I mean, one? Or Rises from the Tomb. I think so. Still uh, the reigning champ. Still the classic. You know, it's, it's, we covered it in episode number two, and I, I, don't think, mm-hmm. I don't think we've seen a better film from him yet. So. I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I just, uh, I love the, um, I just love the coldness, the, the harshness of the film. The, uh, even though it was written under hallucinogenic circumstances, and I think that comes out without yeah. being really visually hallucinogenic and except in a few cases but I just think that the whole it just a nightmarish quality of the film comes across and, and I think it really nails a a 70s uh, early 70s what was going on in early 70s horror was or was about to explode into early 70s horror I think Nashi tapped into it with probably without really being aware that the rest of it was going on I don't imagine he had seen a lot of, uh, of what else was going on in, in American horror in the early 70s but I really feel like he uh, I think it stands right up there with, with the best of 70s early 70s horror films I think it's easily one of his best films I think mm-hmm. it is there's a reason both of us knew right off the bat mm-hmm. you know probably that was the easiest thing to, to put on this list was Horror yeah. Rises just yeah. It really does sit atop the rest of these movies that we've covered so far. It is it's an exceptional piece of horror filmmaking. I think the thing about it that I always take away from it is the amazing tone, the mood that it sets. Mm-hmm. There comes a point in the film where you are either going to go, What the fuck am I looking yeah, at here? Right, right. Or it's going to have grabbed you so effectively mm-hmm. that you aren't going to ask those questions on the level of kind of being angry about it or kind yeah. of being concerned, yeah. right. but in, in that tone of voice that would that would immediately say to anybody, "Wow!" Yeah. <laughs> every time every time I turn around, something <laughs> new and bizarre and amazing is coming at me. What in the world? And that's the yeah. feeling I always get from Horror Rises from yeah. the Tomb is that there's absolutely no way to predict what crazy. Ass, if you've never seen that movie, you have no way to predict what crazy ass thing is going to happen next. No, and. Each thing that comes at you is is both good, or it's a surprise and it's good, or it's a shock mm-hmm. and it's good, mm-hmm. or it's the kind of thing that just makes your your, your eyes bug out trying yeah. to comprehend what the hell they're doing. 
And again, it stands as the film that I would probably recommend first to anyone who's new to Nashi or, or, or anyone who's just a big horror fan but hasn't seen a lot of Euro horror and is curious about Nashi because if they're into exploitable elements or whatever, you know, you know there's, I mean, there's certainly enough gore and you know, gruesomeness and nudity to keep them interested <laughs> as they absorb the rest of the, the, the other things going on in the film. So Easily, yeah. easily. It's a, it's a heck of a movie and uh, still still a year in, still... Still the best I think we've covered. Yeah, I know. If we do this, do this again at the end of year two, it'll be interesting to see if it still stands, uh, still if it still reigns supreme there. It'll be curious. And I, if Crimson still holds the, <laughs> still holds the bottom Crimson, slide. If Crimson is still the turd <laughs> at the bottom of the well, yeah. Oh, man, it probably... It, oh, yeah. man. Uh, I'm going to try to protect us. There's a there's a couple that I know that we can oh, delve into. Well, the more we go yeah. and the more we knock out the biggies, if we depending on how long we want to continue doing this, we're still going to start getting into some obscure ones that we're probably going to run across yeah, some, some clunkers. True. But, but uh, it's been a great first year of uh, we've really gotten to watch some some really some really entertaining quality quality work. I've been really surprised that I've been able to introduce you to a couple of these. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sure. Your reaction to Inquisition was a nice surprise for me. Mm-hmm. Because you, I, 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 when I said, let's do Inquisition next, months mm-hmm. ago, yeah. uh, and you said you'd never even seen it, I was like, well, I can't wait for you to get a look at this, because yeah. I knew it was quite good, but mm-hmm. your reaction to it was so strong, I was really impressed. Yeah. Um, well, that was a real, that was a great treat for me, you know. I mean, it's always a treat for me to see any new Nashi film, uh, you know, and there's certainly plenty that I haven't seen, uh, but uh, yeah, that one was a, that was a real treat to watch that one. <sighs> you know, we're a year into it, and we're still having a good time with it. We so are, we are, it? and I think our listeners seem to be too, you know, I don't think we've worn out our welcome yet, um, and uh, we know that, I know that after hearing this podcast, uh, um, I'm sure that you know a lot of our listeners will be doing their own list of as well and sending them in, which would be great. We'd be love great. to see them. And oh, also, idea, also yeah. we know that some of you new listeners uh, who are just listening to the first couple episodes, you know, it's going to be a while before you catch up and see them all. So feel free at any time to always, you know, send us your list, your rankings. You know, we'll read them and certainly, comment certainly. on them and you know that. So we're uh, like I say, we're going to get into here in a few minutes. We're going to get into some uh, some recent emails, but. Uh, We'll we'll also do a few emails in the regular episode as well, yeah. and uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to do more frequent point five episodes, and uh, we're gonna try to get to more email as we go along. And in, in, in all honesty, if you want, if somebody's been in there for the whole long trudge mm-hmm. along with us, all all twelve episodes so far, please, if you want if you want to rank them uh, twelve to one and tell us where where and why you put them in the ranking yeah. system, let us know. Yeah. Um, it'd be it'd be great if there's. If you, if you folks, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear what people think about these films um, in that. Real way. quick before we move on, uh, what one thing that stands out to you over the last year? Uh, uh, one thing that surprised you, or the thing that stands out, I guess, is that I did kind of suspect that as we went along, we'd start to see more common themes, mm-hmm. more ideas that keep reoccurring. Because even just uh, watching them haphazardly, as I have over the years, it's easy to spot a lot of those. Yeah. I didn't expect to not only spot more more common themes and more ideas that he plays with again and again, but to also spot almost the opposite, which is that he's always seemed seems to be reaching into other areas and trying mm-hmm. to pull different things mm-hmm. into what he's doing, mm-hmm. almost as if I, I'd love to know I'd love to know if it was a it was um, a desire to keep the film's fresh for him mm-hmm. or if it was just that he had so many things he was interested in yeah. that they either crept in or he thought, well, since I'm interested in this as well, let me try mm-hmm. to push that in there and use elements of this and that and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, like I say, I mean, we, we talk about how 
Uh, it's possible to see uh, Hitchcockian elements mm-hmm. in him playing around with things like Jane yeah. Eyre or Rebecca yeah. uh, when you get to Panic Beats. And that's something he'd used elements of that in some of his non-horror films in the late 70s as he became a director and did kind of other things as the horror boom kind of died away in the late 70s. Right. But to see those things pulled together and used in one of his horror movies as well. And you can go back, you know, the... The Republic serial stuff in Night of the Howling Beast and mm-hmm. very uh, the the complete in, in, in some ways an almost left turn into Witchfinder General territory with something like Inquisition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the 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 some of the crime films that we haven't covered yet, mm-hmm. where you're talking about things like you know Jack the Ripper or uh, mm-hmm. deeper a deeper kind of giallo uh, film like uh, right. uh, Seven uh, Dragonflies for a uh, Dragonfly for each corpse and things like that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see. Just how divergent mm-hmm. the ideas were that he he liked to play with, mm-hmm. uh, while at the same time there being still those common threads and those yeah, common themes sure. that he wanted to play with a lot at the same yeah. time as, 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 throughout his work. So. Well, I think for me it was uh, you know we we made comments from the very first one, and we still do time to time because we we see these examples. But you know we kind of we talked about how you know there was the the Nashi archetypes of females. You know there was going to yeah. be the the you know the the Nashi saintly female character and the purely good and the, <laughs> the, whore and, and the, and the totally purely evil um it's been really nice to just see how many great female roles we've we've seen in 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 these films and i think it's we've mentioned it earlier on i think that that once again i think we discover that when he gets out of waldemar Janinsky territory is where he really opens himself up to writing much more complex female roles i think when he's in that kind of waldemar Janinsky romanticism of, of that character of that, you know, I think he also throws these archetypes of good and evil into the other characters around him to sort of tell almost this kind of, you know, that sort of fairy tale-ish romantic kind yeah, of, yeah. of story. The, 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 char- story. the characters seem to become broader in the yeah. werewolf films. But man, when you look at like, you know, the uh, the female characters in Inquisition and from Panic Beats and especially from the, the characters from Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll, I mean, you really just see some very well-written female roles and very yeah. complex, uh, unpredictable female roles. So that's been a nice, you know... Nice uh, element to discover. Yeah, uh, if you, if you go back to those first few podcasts, it was me always cracking the joke about, yeah. okay, we've got yeah, women yeah, in this film. <laughs> yeah. what, what, are they you know, are they the the white the white hatted angel <laughs> yeah. or are they the devil yeah. the devil slut? I yeah. mean, which are they? I mean, those are the only two versions. But then as we went along, I had to admit, yeah, no, you start getting into some of these other movies, and that's not the way it is. I mean, yeah. there's a bit more shading, a lot more gray, and mm. the characters get more interesting and, and diverse. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. That's 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 you're right. That's been a big surprise, and that's been a good surprise. It's mm-hmm. been nice to see. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to a few of these emails. Uh, first up is uh, an email from uh, one of our one of our favorite listeners to the podcast, uh, Elena, out in Madrid, who uh, is also the host of the uh, the show Horror Rises from Spain, which mm-hmm. we've been talking about before. Um, she writes, so she directly addresses a few things that we talked about in our Panic Beats episode. Um, she, uh, she was highly amused by the, the idea of Latinos in panic. <laughs> she says Latinos in panic killed me. And I still think that is one of the, the best bad titles. That is one of the best bad retitlings of any film ever. <laughs> uh, she lets us in. We talked about, uh, some of the, some of the credits of, uh, some of the actresses in, uh, Panic Beats. And she clears up that, uh, La Fille Mais Bella was, uh, is, is translated as the most beautiful, ugly girl. And it's kind of a soap opera for television. 
Uh, so that that was good to know. So yeah. it's not it's not like Ugly Betty. It's uh, the yeah. most beautiful ugly girl, which I think is a I think it's just a great title for anything. The most it beautiful is. ugly. It is. It's awesome. She's also nice enough to send us a link. Uh, uh, for, she calls it a little Spanish lesson, which is a really nice uh, the the list of the top ten Spanish swear words. So mm-hmm. we are going to be on top of cursing like Spanish yeah. sailors very soon. <laughs> Uh, now this I, this I like a lot. She uh, she talks about she says I love the remark you did about reading. I didn't notice that at all. Uh, Paul loved reading and he knew a lot about literature. It is true that Panic Beats has a lot of Rebecca, but Rebecca is a kind of remake of Jane Eyre. So, you know that woman in the attic that was said to be ill, then the nurse, and all you know all these of course are elements in that story mm-hmm. uh, in Jane Eyre. If I remember well, there was an elder nurse always nosing around. That Rochester was so harsh and angry all the time. Being terribly cruel, he was also trying to get money from the woman's family. He was a noble, but a noble with not a lot of money. Uh, and then she then she says, okay, there is a book called Mad Woman in the Attic from the second half of the 20th century. I don't remember the author who tells the story of Rochester's first wife that came from some island in the Caribbean. The author was responsible for a thesis about Jane Eyre, and he wrote this story base, basing uh, all these on clues that were in the original book. And then, of course, she thinks she may have a thesis here herself. So, <laughs> since she's in school, maybe that's true. Uh, that is it, that is true. The the whole uh, Jane Eyre thing it didn't even occur to me. But uh, of course, there is that linkage back to to Jane Eyre. And for all horror fans, you should also know that uh, I walked with a zombie is a variation on Jane Eyre. So if you're if you've never delved into the Good Val Luton produced point. horror films, uh, mm-hmm. I walked with a zombie is essentially Jane Eyre set in the Caribbean and involving creepy zombie dudes. And a wonderful movie. And, and a, a truly great movie. That's right. Actually, I Walked with a Zombie is one that every time I return to it and watch it, I watched it oh, again uh, this ba- this past October. Same here. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'd forgotten how near perfect that damn movie it is. is. An incredible film. Oh, good. Uh, she comments that, Elena comments that uh, Flex or, or whatever uh, <laughs> must have a section on the podcast. Well, we don't necessarily want to give Flex a section of the podcast, but if we're going to do it here at Troy's, if we're going to be recording here, Flex is going to be part of the podcast, whether yeah. we want it to be, whether, yeah. whether we want him to be or not. You might even be able to hear him snoring from here. I don't know. He's a, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's given up on trying to attract our attention and is now simply floating hair around mm-hmm. so that I will sneeze. He is on Facebook, however. He may not be on the Facebook. He does have his it's own true. Facebook page. It's true. Which, by the way, I, I'd like to say right here now, we need to put a NashiCast fan page up on Facebook. We sure do. We sure do. I need to it's do like that. we said, we're always a little behind with these things, folks. We, but if we you're are. patient enough, we could just copy the MySpace page. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took us. A, well, it took us a year to. Start, uh, yeah, it took us a year to start. You know, reading your your mail. So you know, you shouldn't be too surprised that we don't have a fan page up on Facebook. But uh, so, so, it should be coming. Though. Look, look for the fan page. Fan uh, the fan page on Facebook in roughly 2013. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, in uh, she, she remarks that uh, we understood perfectly what uh, what she was trying to say about uh, men and women in Spain, uh, and then says, just imagine how it was during the Franco times, uh, where a woman couldn't take money out of her bank account without her father or her husband's permission. Mm, sounds like fun times. Boy. Yeah, yeah, Jeez. that's man, that's just some amazing stuff. Uh, she has a few other things to say, and I'm, I'm you know, modesty. Modesty doesn't permit me to read some of these things because <laughs> she's simply praising us as the geniuses that we are. And I don't really want to read that. Well, no, I won't read it out loud. That would be too much. But uh, she remarks that uh, since we're going to be, do- be doing Fury of the Wolfman next, she needs to see it again. And she says that she's, she thinks it's very groovy and so on, a total chaos due to many problems they had with the director. And she has some gossiping stories about it that I won't relate here, but that I think are uh, kind of amusing if true. 
Yeah, sounds like that director was a piece of work for sure. <laughs> that yeah. made Fury of the Wolfman, and we will be talking about that in the next Nashi cast. Yeah, Fury of the Wolfman. This I'm going to have some words for for that film and for that director. I'll just I'll say that right so, now as kind of a preview. So thank you, Elena. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a an email from a listener Mark. Mm-hmm. He's remarking that he's uh, he had just gotten around to Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll a month or so back, and uh, he agrees with our comments. It's a truly great film film probably in my top three nashies as it was in mine and it was in mine i'd like to point out or was it number four for me now i can't remember let me look at my list well, panic, oh, blue eyes, uh, actually it was i think blue two, eyes the broken doll was three for you and two for me yeah, that's, that's right. right yeah so yes we agree we love that one that's one of our favorites he says uh mark says i sort of agree with you with, with what you say about the music it is wildly inappropriate at times but then isn't that part of the charm of euro horror <laughs> i'd certainly buy the soundtrack album if it ever surfaced and it's still less grating than the Kioma soundtrack. And I will agree with him there. Okay. Um, yeah, see, I, I was wrong. I, for some reason, I thought, because <coughs> we both loved Kioma, for some reason I had the memory that you that you did like the soundtrack. For those of you who haven't seen it, Kioma sort of has this uh, conceit where the, the well, soundtrack... Well, tell, tell, tell them what it is if they don't. Kioma is a spaghetti mm-hmm. western, a, a late-in-the-cycle spaghetti western, I think, 1975, stars uh, Franco Nero. Mm-hmm. Uh, hell of a movie. It is. It is very good. But uh, the soundtrack sort of tries to, I guess it sort of tries to be a sort of Greek chorus commenting on the yeah. actions. All, all sung through sort of a wailing woman's yeah. voice commenting on the what you've seen. And, uh, uh, Nails yeah, on a chalkboard. It does, not, does uh, not work. <laughs> no, it does not work. And that's the, the real bitch of that film is that Kim is such an excellent movie that uh, the score... Some of the some of the time the score is just fine. In other words, when the woman isn't wailing like a maniac, telling mm-hmm. us what's going on on screen, mm-hmm. the score is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a DeAngelis Brothers score, and usually I really like their mm-hmm. work. But mm-hmm. uh, man, yeah, I understand. I, I know what he's saying about the Kiyama soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Mark, you, we yeah. agree. <laughs> uh, he says, surprised to hear Benny Hill get a mention. Was he popular over there? Mm-hmm. He disappeared from UK TV in the early '80s as his humor was deemed offensive. Uh, the 80s were too right on for their own good sometimes. I haven't seen Benny for years. Well, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Mark, where we're sitting in my room here, back on uh, one of my shelves back there, is the entire DVD, the DVD collection of the entire Benny Hill series. Actually sprung <laughs> for the whole 18 disc collection. Wow, 18 uh, so, discs. Yeah, so that will tell you uh, the regard that I hold Benny Hill in anyway. Uh, he did play over here uh, uh, for years, uh, constantly on late night uh, TV. Uh, you could come across his episodes. Yeah, uh, especially on late night cable stations. Uh, and every now and then there. you could come across one that wasn't uncut. And you'd see some little topless action, you know, or that was uncut. Oh, yeah, that's you'd true. You'd see occasional uh, topless women on there. But uh, um, yeah, Benny Hill's a fascinating character. If you ever get a chance to see the uh, episode that Biography did about him, uh, it's a really, really fascinating. Uh, his whole career and, and things about him that you would not have not have suspected, but yeah, yeah, definitely enjoy Benny Hill very much. Uh, I'm 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 a fan of Benny Hill as well. Uh, haven't seen any in a good long while. Maybe mm-hmm. I should maybe I should steal one of those 18 sure. discs and yeah. go rewatch some. Uh, I will say that uh, some some of the Benny Hill stuff, I think uh, a little of it goes a long way. Oh sure, yeah, but there's a... so much the the, the the things that people remember and and kind of roll their eyes at are not always the things that I remember about him because yeah. the, the the sped up running around to yakety sacks yeah. is is only there's only so much of that I can take. But there's a lot more to Benny Hill than that. I mean, yeah, oh sure, yeah, it's not exactly what I would call highbrow stuff, but there's a oh, lot never, more. Never, never. There's but... a lot there's a lot more cleverness in that stuff than than some people want to give it uh, give it credit for. Right. Um, uh, and uh, he uh, does say, anyway, I must dash. I've got a brand spanking new copy of Deep Red on Blu-ray, and it must be watched. To which we both want to just flip him the finger. Or yeah, wait a minute, he's, really? he's, he's British, so maybe we should like do the is it the V thing, the <laughs> two fingers up. <laughs> to hell with you. We don't have blue. We don't have a Deep Red Blu-ray over here yet. Although I will say this, 
later this year, apparently, Deep Red is slated to come out on Blu-ray over here is from, it? Um, I think it's, it may be Blue Underground, I can't okay. remember. Because so, I think he's, Slim this one he's will. talking about is probably from this amazing site called Arrow Films. It yeah, just Arrow does some Film. incredible films, but they're, you know, they're not in our region, unfortunately. I think a lot will, of them aren't, you know. I think some of them may be region-free, I'm not no, sure. But the discs are, the Blu-rays are region-free, and, um, well, I have picked up one of the Arrow Blu-rays. Uh, I picked yeah. up. The City of the Living Dead one, uh, oh, because it. Oh. it has it was so packed with extras, and I just love that movie, City of the Living Dead, the Lucio Fulci film. Jim, I, oh, I did actually yes. just get my first Blu-ray player this Christmas, and uh, my first one I watched on it was the Blu-ray of Vampire Circus, which anybody that knows me knows that Vampire Circus was on the top of my list ever since DVDs were even created. It was number one on my list for something that that I wanted to see get a DVD release, and uh, I'm glad it took so long because if when it came oh, out, it actually right. came out on Blu-ray, and my God, it is gorgeous. It I've got incredible. I've got to pick that one up. I haven't picked that one up yet. It's just, uh, but any, basically anything that uh, Synapse does, uh, oh, Don, yeah, Don May's company, yeah. they really take the time to do it right. Even mm-hmm. even films. I just recently. Um, did a review of a movie they released called a South African black exploitation film from the seventies called Death of a Snowman, and the movie's not that great. And the print, the only print they have is pretty mm. beat up, but they still went out of their way. I can't believe they put this film out. And they <laughs> yeah. took the care with it that they could. And well, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, what they've got coming out here, I think either this month or next month, said the concept still blows me away. Is that there's going to be a Coffin Joe film on Blu-ray? On Blu-ray. Oh uh, wow! It's actually Which the one? it's the new Coffin Joe film, the one that he did oh, a couple wow, years ago. Okay. I can't wait for that. But the idea, they just just hear that sentence, Coffin Joe on Blu-ray. And it's just, it's just, <laughs> no, the, just amazing. Yeah. The, the, the mind simply rebels at the <laughs> idea. Whoa, no, yeah. God. Anyway, thank you for that, Mark. Thank you very much, Mark. Stay stay over there in Britain with your fine Arrow Blu-rays, you sorry. <laughs> grumble, um, grumble. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the most recent uh, email we've gotten from uh, our buddy Paul. I believe it's Paul the Mailman. I do believe he uh, calls into the B-Movie cast on a pretty regular basis. Oh, sweet. Um, said he downloaded the uh, latest podcast. That would have been um, Panic Beats. Panic Beats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just got a copy of Panic Beats in the mail from Deep Discount. It's one I'd heard of but never had seen. So I'm looking forward to watching it and hearing your comments. I'll probably get to it this week. I also agree that Blue Eyes is a fairly good giallo. I'm a big fan of the genre, but not so much a purist that I discount any giallo that is not directed by an Italian. Paul, we love you. Yeah. Are there, I mean, and, and I, I'm sure there's purists that, like there are in everything else. There probably are people out there who just like, no, if it's not Italian, it's not, you know, it's like, come on, people, you know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, come on. I mean, it's, it's a giallo. Be, be, be a little cool about it. Come yeah. on, come on, come on. Okay. And so here we have one from uh, Michael, and uh, he says he uh, writes into the uh, Laternia forum. Uh, he's one of the regulars in there. He says, I'm a bit of a latecomer to the NashiCast series, and I've been playing catch-up as of late. I'm really enjoying them. I just finished listening to the Panic Beats episode. You mentioned that the next episode would be covering uh, the Fury of the Wolfman, a.k.a. Wolfman Never Sleeps. Says I was curious which version you were going to watch for the podcast. I have a copy in AVI format of the uncut or nearly uncut version that I would be happy to supply you with. He said it's in English with fairly decent picture quality, but it is hard-coded Swedish subtitles that unfortunately sometimes obscure the picture. It is, however, the uncovered version with nudity that is missing from the American print. Let me know if you need a copy. Uh, we appreciate it, Mike. Actually, um, it's uh, we've actually got two copies. One is that one you're talking about, and you're right. It's, we do have that one. Uh, uh, it does have some nudity in it, uh, so hopefully that's, you know, we're assuming that's probably, uh, uh, I don't know if it's fully uncut. It obviously is more... 
there's more there than has been in the alpha release. Uh, the alpha release is the the hardest one to view, uh, not by means the hardest one to find, but I mean literally just hard to watch. <laughs> just hard to watch. Yeah. Yes. So, but actually, uh, for this, for um, our Fury of the Wolfman, we're going to be using. Uh, I guess we're a combination of the one that uh, this this one with English dub with Swedish subtitles. And then we're also going to have a Spanish language one with English yeah. subtitles. So, we've got uh, yeah. yeah, we've got two different versions of it. Uh, one, what what I suspect, uh, we've only started going through the movie so far, but uh, what I suspect is that uh, the version we have that has that's in Spanish with English subtitles is just missing the nudity. That's at least what I suspect, and that the British version, uh, quote unquote, Wolfman Never Sleeps, is supposedly the British release of the film. Mm. It uh, supposedly has just the nudity, and that's really the only things that are added. But We'll find out, and we'll get into that in the next podcast. So I do want to point out that in the Swedish version, that uh, the, the title translated uh, was released in Sweden. The title translates as Volruven, which uh, really anybody who yeah anybody who knows me uh, knows why that uh, that's that's sort of an in joke or that's oh, sort of yeah, an inside reference right. to uh, yeah. Well, you should you should you should mention. Well, uh, you know, I, uh, it's, I'm in a band that has occasionally done songs in Swedish. Uh, one of my bands, a Celtic band, but, but we uh, have occasionally done songs in Swedish language, and we did a song. Uh, uh, that's basically a, a version of the Red Riding Hood story, um, and it's the song is called Volruven. So I was very tickled to uh, uh, to, to see that that that's actually how uh, Fury of the Wolfman, what it's called in in, in, in Sweden, <laughs> Sweden is Volruven. So anyway, it is pre- it is pretty cool. the The band is uh, the Secret Commonwealth, and I think they're on iTunes. So we are, we are, we that's are. Right. That's that's I, I I I was not going to plug my band on our podcast. I will thank plug. You, so, okay, okay. Okay, Rod's Rod. I will plug, Rod, I will plug your band. I've Rod been was there. To you were Rod was there from the very first show. So I have absolutely no musical talent or skill, <laughs> but I've been there as a groupie. <laughs> <laughs> Too much information there. Okay, <laughs> uh, one more you uh, okay. one more email here from Brad. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from Brad. Brad says hello. I just grabbed three of your podcasts from iTunes for Nashy films that I, that I've seen: uh, Horror Rises from the Tomb, Blue Eyes of the Broken Doll, and Werewolf vs. the Vampire Women. I had a Nashy Christmas. My wife. Bought me a video watchdog with Paul Nashy on the cover and some handy guides within. Curse of the Devil on DVD, Night of the Werewolf, and Vengeance of the Zombies on Blu-ray. Wow, where do you get those at? <laughs> I have those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course you do. <laughs> and Nashy's autobiography. I've pretty much gone Nashy crazy lately. Uh, we all know what that what that's we know, like. Yeah, we know what that's yeah. like. Yeah. When I looked on iTunes for anything Nashy, I came across you guys. Okay, that's good to know. I didn't. It's good to know we don't have miles of tons of competition out there now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are at least a dozen yeah, Nashy, right. oh, all Nashy on, podcasts yeah. out there. Come on, uh, it's, uh, I think there's one just devoted to his his scores on to, devoted to his 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 scores with women. You know, his 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 his, 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 his sexual conquest with women. It's called sleeping around the world sleeping, with Paul. Sleep, sleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're talking about his characters, not the man himself. Not the man himself. No. All right. It says, when I looked on iTunes or anything, Nashy, I came across you guys. I was surprised to see you live in Nashville. Um, oh, okay. So he's, he says he's in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So, yeah, he's just over the border. Uh, he says, I've just started your Horror Rises uh, from the first Nashy. Uh, he says, I've, I'm sorry. I've just started your Horror Rises podcast. And I'm enjoying it. That you should know. And uh, I had to uh, um, respond to him. And uh, I had to tell him the email. And I'll say it here, too, is uh, you, we're, your wife sounds like a wonderful woman there. That's, that's very, uh, very to, understanding and upright lady, yes. Yeah, to just uh, yeah, to, to indulge her. And he says in a later email that uh, she's actually a Nashi fanatic, too. And so that's uh, that's great Which is know. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what was... Uh, the, 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 he says, I'm in the middle of your Count Dracula's Great Love podcast now, and it has brought up a lot of points and observations I hadn't thought of. Thank you for the kind words about my wife. She is a Nashi fan, 
obsessive <laughs> like me. And since we have the werewolf versus the vampire women in an awful version, I've asked for the BCI version of Werewolf Shadow for Valentine's Day. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's so that's so romantic. I'm actually getting a little teared teared up. Here I know I'm crying right now. I'm crying. <laughs> uh, my birthday's coming up, and I have my own my eye on several bootlegs of Nashies we do not have. Thank you for emailing me back. The podcast is outstanding. Well, thank um, you, Brad. We appreciate that. Thank you very much, Brad. Uh, another southern brother from another mother. So it's always <laughs> nice to find those. Uh, wow. Where did you find a woman who is a Nashi fanatic? No because, kidding. wow, that's that's good to know. Uh, that, that they're out there just makes me happy. Yeah. Uh, but all right. Um, we'll, we'll stop. Yeah, we'll Elena, stop. you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, Elena, darling, you're not alone. No. Oh, man. Nevertheless, I think we'll stop with the emails there. And yeah, if we uh, didn't get to yours this time, we'll get to it soon. So yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, and we'll keep them coming. We'll keep them coming. We'll we'll keep uh, we'll keep going back to the email well for the for each podcast. We'll at least read one or two at the end of the show, uh, and uh, get get to your get to your uh, comments and your ideas. Um, one of the things that uh, one of the things in an email that we haven't read yet that someone touches on is uh, actually several people have commented that it might be a good idea for us to. When we get tired of doing Paul Nashy films, and maybe we might want to delve into other areas, mm. either Spanish horror or Italian horror or something else, and uh, we kind of like to go ahead and announce now mm-hmm. that uh, as part of our uh, quest to drive ourselves insane, <laughs> we've decided yeah. to step up the whole point five show episode. Uh, the, the, we're going to do more point five episodes as we've talked about, and our next point five episode is going to be devoted to a spoiler-free discussion of a movie that has come up here repeatedly mm. in the Nashi cast, one that uh, we, we keep referencing for various reasons, uh, either uh, filmmakers or actors or actresses that are in some of the movies we're discussing have right. been in this movie. Mm-hmm. And so in the next Point Five episode that we'll do here in several weeks, we're going to be discussing the Leon Klamowski film, I Hate My Body. Uh, this is a rather difficult film to come by, which is why we're going to do, we're not going to do an in-depth scene by scene discussion like we normally do because it's kind of hard to come by. Uh, the way you could probably get your hands on it is it was released on Mm. videotape by something weird video, Mm. uh, over here. It's an, it's the English language dub. As far as I know, it's the only way to see the film. Mm. And, uh, if you uh, know who something weird is, you can do a search and probably find uh, the film from them. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I think that if you like Spanish horror and you like some of the things that uh, we talk about on this show, you will probably enjoy I Hate My Body. It is a strange, strange little exploitation film. <laughs> Mid-70s, Leon Klamowski, what the hell more do you need to know? Yeah. So not uh, the next regular episode of the, of the podcast is, of course, uh, our discussion of Fury of the Wolfman. But our next point five episode will be a, a, a spoiler-free, relatively spoiler-free discussion mm-hmm. of I Hate My Body. Uh, on that note, uh, one more thing I'd like to point out is that uh, we just mentioned in an email earlier the uh, Laterna or La- Laternia, Laternia forums. Man, I cannot talk. <laughs> the Laternia forum is uh, a great place for discussions of not just Spanish horror, uh, although you could spend days going through the there's a there's a separate forum for just the paul nashi films there's one for the just franco films mm-hmm. there's one for the german Krimi films uh which i've been watching a number of again here lately um and just about every type of exploitation or horror or or odd type of film that you can imagine and it is a really lively place with a lot of great discussion and a lot of really interesting things pop up on there mm-hmm. i highly recommend the laternia forum and 
to add to the impetus to go check it out, the man who uh, created the forum and who runs it and moderates it was a fellow by the name of Merrick Lipinski, and uh, he also runs the uh, Mark of Nashi website, which is a great, great website. I mean, I mean, really, for those of you who are writing and saying you're just getting into the whole Nashi thing, if you haven't discovered it yet, you, you do need to go to Mark of Nashi website. It's, it's really the place to start, you know. For, oh, for yeah. Any, you get a lot of great information, a lot of great pictures, a lot mm-hmm. of good, a lot, a lot of just a lot of really fantastic stuff on there. And uh, as as a brand new venture, Merrick has created uh, the very first issue. He started a new magazine called uh, Latarnia uh, Latarnia Fantastique International, and it is the first issue of a uh, what hope what we all hope to be an ongoing magazine. And uh, the first issue is out, and you can uh, find the ordering information right there on the forums, right at the top. I've gotten the first issue, and I can't tell it's, you how great it is. It's just terrific, uh, yeah. Well, the, what, what's amazing about it is, um, here, okay, just, just for, for Nashi aficionados, he has a, uh, a review of the notoriously difficult-to-see final werewolf film that he did called uh, The Werewolf in the Amazon, in which um, Nashi played both uh, Dr. Moreau as in H.G. Wells as Dr. Moreau, um, and, of course, El Hombre Loco. I'm sorry. El Hombre Lobo! <laughs> Not the crazy man! The wolf man! Uh, but at age 70, the legendary horror star donned werewolf makeup once again for Werewolf in the Amazon. Made in Brazil, speaking of, you know, speaking yeah. of Coffin Joe. Yeah, right, right. Merrick was somehow able to get his hands on a copy of the film and does a two-page review of it which only serves to drive me that much crazier because I have never been able to see the film and I desperately would love desperately would love to see it. Well, he's gotten it and he's been able to review it and uh, <laughs> damn him. Also in this issue is a uh, an, an interview with Andres Rezano, the actor who we've seen pop up in a number of Nashi films here. He was in Werewolf Shadow. He played mm-hmm. Marcel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in uh, Seven Murders for Scotland Yard, uh, Murder Mansion, one of... My favorite Spanish horror films from the 70s. And uh, in this interview, basically what, what's great about this interview that Merrick did with this actor is that he asked a lot of the questions that I would ask this mm-hmm. guy if yeah. I had the opportunity to sit down and talk with him. And uh, one of the neat things is that uh, he asks him about uh, those odd, remember the odd scenes in Werewolf Shadow that uh, were never dubbed? Right, right. They, they had to be subtitled when they released the full-length cut of the film. Well, the actor reveals why in this interview those scenes are like that. Mm, cool. Uh, cool. A lot of interest. Like I say, there are many reasons to uh, uh, to get the first issue of yeah. this magazine. And I, I think you said you put a uh, and now you put a link to it on. Uh, did you put a link to it on? I put on a link Bloody to Pit of, on your blog, on my blog. Bloody Pit of Rod. Yeah. Uh, you can go to Bloody Pit of Rod, and um, I uh, I posted up information about it a, a direct link to the forum so that you can sh- so that you can go directly to the forums and uh, order it directly from Merrick. Uh, the price tag is I think nine fifty or nine seventy five. Complete. That's that's posting and postage and handling and everything. Other other things in this issue. Uh, the one that I can't wait to read uh, is uh, he includes the uh, an English ad, uh, an English translation of Spirit Mountain, which is the uh, source story for the Blind Dead films the, wow. that Osorio wow. used Fantastic. as his basis for the uh, the Blind yeah. Dead films. And um, if that's not enough to get you... I was about to say, in case you hadn't got it, we're saying support this magazine because this is something that I think anybody listening to this cast and is, is, it would, would, would just love. It's, it's truly a remarkable first issue here. Uh, did, I, did, I, did I mention the, the whole big piece on the torture chamber of Dr. Sadism? Yeah. Oh, oh. 
this was supposed that that film, which is so great, it was going to be the start of a series of gothics from that Germans that that German uh, production company. It just never happened. Oh, but wow, now I'm glad they got that one made anyway. Torture yeah. Chamber, Doctor Sadism. But recommend Laternia Fantastique International. First issue out. Go check it out. It's real. It's worth your time and money, especially if if you're crazy enough to be listening to this podcast. That's <laughs> for sure. All right, I guess that that wraps it up. This it is uh, episode twelve point five. And uh, hope everybody's staying warm out there. Snuggle up good. And uh, we'll come back to you in a few weeks with episode number 13. Lucky number 13. (laughs) When we talk about Fury of the Wolfman, we get some more email. And uh, remember, you can always drop us an email anytime. Nashicast at gmail.com. More than glad to hear from you, and you'll probably hear from us back right back because we are always yeah. always glad to talk with yeah. people who want to talk yeah. about Paul Nashy films. Yeah. It may take us a little bit to get back to you uh, because remember, even though the Wolfman never sleeps, sometimes we must. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Sleep, your sleep is good. All right, folks, thanks a lot for listening in. We'll talk to you very soon. I am Rod Barnett. I'm Troy Gwynn, and this has been a Bloody Pit of Rod production. And... Yeah, go visit the Bloody Pit of Rod. There's all kinds of stuff on there. Did you know that Johnny Cash recorded a James Bond title song? You didn't know that? Go check out Bloody Pit of Rod. You need to Read hear about this. It there. We'll talk to you again soon, folks. Bye.